This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. So uh, here's the deal. We got the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss coming up in half an hour. That'll be fun. I believe Jason's coming into studio. We got uh, another Inside Sports tomorrow from 6 to 8. I'm going to fly to Chicago on Wednesday. Uh, Dave Campbell's going to host the show, but I'll be on with him from Chicago, and we'll keep you updated on the uh, NHL expansion draft and the awards. You got McDavid up for the heart, Shirelli up for GM of the year, and McClellan up for Coach of the Year. I think McDavid has a pretty good chance to uh, win the win the heart. Thursday, uh, Brendan Ulrich's going to host, but I'll be doing uh, spots from Chicago, and we'll have the latest from there. And then our draft coverage is going to start at 4 p.m. on Friday afternoon, round one, and then we'll have rounds two through seven starting 7 a.m. On Saturday, and then we got the Eskimos game Saturday night, so it's going to be pretty fun. Thanks to everybody who texted 6.30, 6.30. I may get uh, more before the end of the show, but uh, pretty split on, on Jordan Eberle. I, I, like, there's some people being very critical of him, as I have been at times, but uh, I, I think it's more 50-50 in terms of keep him or trade him and the potential people see from him. That's going to be a big storyline for the Oilers this summer. Well, the Eskimos uh, set their roster, at least for the start of the season, on Saturday. Kendall Lawrence, Kendall Lawrence, Kendall, as Chris Jones used to, t- uh, to call him, has been cut. Kenny Stafford, who was released by Winnipeg, back on the Eskimos practice roster. He was a big part of the 2015 Grey Cup Championship. And DeAnthony Batiste, who was a free agent and was just kind of sitting around training people at the Commonwealth Rec Center, he was signed and added to the practice roster. DeAnthony, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm great, and yourself? Doing well, and welcome back to the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, I think it was a nice surprise for a lot of people to see your name on the uh, practice roster uh, on Saturday. Just give me a little bit uh, uh, your thoughts on uh, rejoining the green and gold, I guess, and maybe playing a little bit of a waiting game throughout camp here. Oh, well, I'm just happy to be back and bring my veteran leadership to the team and 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 be a positive influence and be a leader back on uh, the Eskimo squad and help uh, bring another championship back home here. That's the only reason why I'm here is to bring a championship back to this empire of uh, Edmonton, Alberta. And the only reason why I- I'm doing it is because I want to keep bringing rings, keep bringing championships, keep bringing great cup, great cup back to Edmonton. So, uh, and I just want to be a part of that. So we have a great squad this year and I just, it seems like everything really just lined up for me this off season. I had a talk with Brock and, and we just were very like-minded individuals and I want to put my best foot forward with this, with the squad and I'm going to be competitive at the same time. 
give people a sense of, of your connection to Edmonton DA because like a lot of pro athletes in any sport you you got to move around for your career and and, and uh, right. you know you've been, you've been well traveled but I, I, I think you could give people a sense of how important Edmonton has become to you and, and staying in Eskimo was obviously pretty important to you for other reasons I think yes uh, well back in 2006 I don't know if everyone knows this but I got my start here as a professional football player in 2006. So I owe a lot of my career here to uh, the Edmonton Eskimos and Edmonton Eskimos organization. So for me, this is more than just about football. I've had opportunities. I've had talks with other teams throughout the league, and it just wasn't the right fit. Um, Edmonton has become not only a place to play football. To me, it's become my home. And because of that, I want to be a part of something special and something great and and what other place to be? It, it just, any other place just it wouldn't seem right. And that's really why I stayed here. And I want to continue building my legacy here in Edmonton and continue bringing um, great cups to the city of champions. And that's really what I'm about. That's me as a person in, inside and out. D'Anthony Batiste joining us tonight on Inside Sports, member of the uh, Edmonton Eskimos, uh, joining their practice roster. Yeah, g- give me a sense of that, D.A., because uh, you know, you've been a starter, you've been a, a very good player in the CFL. Um, right. You know, practice roster is a little bit of a different role for you. Uh, yeah. are you. Are you looking at being a mentor? Are you looking at pushing guys? And then certainly you have to be ready because you could be activated at a moment's notice, right? So there's still a lot exactly. that goes into this. Yeah, it does. It, it, well, it's really about being ready at the moment, but at the same time, being a mentor, being a leader, showing young guys how to be a professional football player and really how to elevate their game. And if they want to take the same road, the same path as I did of success, I would love to be a catalyst to help push them forward. And that's really what I'm trying to bring to the organization, some solidarity, um, having a an opportunity, if something happens, to be there and be in a supporting role if I had to step in, but at the same time, lead it, being a leader, being a mentor, and showing guys how to be a pro, that's what I'm all about. All right, and uh, are you still going to be able, because I, I know I, I see you sometimes in the offseason, uh, you know, you're a hard-working guy, you're, you're training clients as well, that's another big part yeah. of, of, of who you are. Uh, right. You're going to have to dial that back a little bit now, or what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll definitely still keep training my I'll, st- I'll st- uh, keep training my clients at the same time, along with their diet and nutrition, and bringing uh, bringing everything I do to and uh, influencing my clients to be positive and helping them reach their potential as well. Because I just really love helping people and love seeing people grow. But at the same time, it, it gives me a stronger connection to the city and it allows me to help just not only my teammates but to help people throughout their throughout the community accomplish their fitness goals da i know you're busy thanks for making time for us good to see you back in green and gold all the best this season man i appreciate it glad to be back D'Anthony batiste eskimos offensive lineman he will be on the practice roster left to right I think the Eskimos O-line is going to look this way. Figueroa, Rotier, Sorensen, O'Donnell, and Washington. Colin Kelly and Danny Grew, uh, I think, will be the uh, first couple of options, uh, probably either to be dressed as the offensive lineman or maybe to be the uh, healthy scratches that get declared for each game. And then Batiste uh, there on the practice roster, and I think he'll be a key part of the team, showing the team uh, how to be professional and maybe getting in and playing. I mean, injuries are going to happen at some point. That's a pretty good depth signing to have DeAnthony Batiste around. General Manager Brock Sunderland commenting on adding Batiste and Stafford to the PR. First and foremost, good football players. I 
as I keep repeating, we're always going to do the best we can to bring the best talent here. Uh, that's best for the organization. So DeAnthony Batiste has been a starter. He's a long-term vet that knows the offense. Uh, he's, he's a great person in the locker room. Kenny Stafford, the same thing. He was let go by Winnipeg, reached out to one of our scouts right away and said he had an interest in coming back. So anyone that wants to be an Eskimo that's a good person and a good player uh, has an open-door policy here. Now we're going to have Jason Moss on with Morley Scott from 7.30 to 8, but one of the big names that was cut, as I mentioned, Kendall Lawrence. Here's the head coach on that decision. Kendall's a good player, and uh, he did a lot of good things in our camp. Um, and I, the, the door isn't closed on Kendall here, if, if, unless he wants to close it. But, uh, you know, you never know through a course of 18 to 21 games when you're going to need a player of his caliber. Like I said, it's not that um, he didn't do all the right things. It's some of the guys did some things that we felt were better suited for what we do. Um, and we're more excited about some of the opportunities that they possess for us. So, you know, that's more of what it came down to, less of what uh, Kendall can do for us. All right, there you go. It's 7-13, Blue Jays and Texas tied. Oh, wait a minute, we might have a home run here for the Jays. We do. Bautista going deep top of the fourth. Warren Mulvey is clapping. I don't know if he's clapping because the Blue Jays scored or because I actually accurately identified what was happening on the TV. Actually, uh, <laughs> uh, while you were talking to uh, the guest there, some fans were holding up a picture of Bautista getting punched in the face by, by Roof Odor. Odor. Okay, so. So, so there you go. Gets his 12th homer of the year. Blue Jays go up 2-1 in the top of the fourth. A little more hockey talk coming up. Uh, we'll talk about that big deal between the Habs and the Lightning had it been doomed for a while between Druin and the Bolts inside Sports on Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Oh, hey, everybody. Guess what? I have a complaint about video review. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what everybody wants to hear. Don't worry. This one's not about offside. It's uh, about baseball. So we had the Bautista homer Warren just before he went to break. So is this Morales that hit a double? Yeah, so that's right. So he gets into second base, and he was kind of not really off balance, but he was kind of adjusting his, his stance, right? So he had his right foot on second base, and he was kind of hunched over a little bit, and he sort of moved his, his left foot to, to stand up straighter. And as he did, his right foot came off the bag by an inch, maybe two inches, and I don't even see who put the tag on. Was it Odor? Yeah, oh, they're I think calling so. him safe. He lo- the the replay he looks out because he the the Texas player. It's one of those where the guy's already into the bag, but the the fielder will tag him just in case or whatever. And it looked like Morales's leg might have his foot might have been a minuscule amount off the bag when he was... T- I'm glad they called him safe. Because this is the thing, do we, re- like, do we really need reviews for when the guy's already safe into the base and maybe as he's... And it was basically a dead play. And I know, I guess, technically, you're either on the base or you aren't. Um, but it, that's one of those rules where I'm like, is that really why we're having video review? And we have, like, we have video review because the umps can't tell if the catcher's sweep tag as a guy's sliding into home plate contacted him or not. That's why we have video review. I don't think we have it for clear doubles when a guy is standing there and there was a tag three seconds. Anyway. Uh, Tumbleweed tweeting me at Reed Wilkins. He says, uh, Everly had 50 points, but he had points in fewer than half of the Oilers' games. I respect what he can be, but his price point for a player who is ineffective in over half his games isn't good. And Greg 
Texting 63630 says, Reed Everly has been the Oilers' leading goal scorer for how many years? You don't replace a guy like that. Oilers fans need to wake up and stop being so finicky. That is from Greg. Both sides of the argument summed up nicely there. By the way, all our hockey coverage this week and all the draft talk presented by Nate's Computer Training Center. Enroll now for summer certificates and courses at nate.ca slash summer guide. Warren Mulvey and I, both graduates of the Nate Radio and Television Program. You just a few years before me. Yeah, <laughs> about almost 20, that's all. That's okay. Tell you what, a lot of uh, interesting stuff going on in the hockey world. The protected list, the expansion draft coming up. And how about that trade a couple of days ago, Jonathan Druin to Montreal for prospect defenseman, really good prospect defenseman, Mikhail Servachev. Matt Salmon from the Tampa Bay Lightning Radio Network. Matt, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I am doing well, Reed. Thanks for having me on tonight. Yeah, good to talk to you. It's uh, been an interesting time for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Man, that uh, the Jonathan Druin trade, I, I don't know how people are looking out there. Is that, is that the end of a bit of a bit of a soap opera, or, or, or how, how is it being looked at there within, in the Lightning community? Uh, well, you know, when the trade first went down, there was uh, much... Uh, uh, anguish and gnashing of teeth. Uh, a lot of people, even though there, there was a bit of a soap opera, as fans are well aware of, you know, there's no doubt the talent that Jonathan Druin has. And there were some thoughts that if one of the big three players who are up for a new contract with restricted free agency uh, status, that would be Druin, Tyler Johnson, and Andre Pollard. A lot of people just kind of penciled in Tyler Johnson as that guy being on the move. So it caught some people by surprise that it was Druin and a lot of people by surprise that it was in the division to Montreal. But I think once the dust settles and, you know, things kind of, you know, everybody catches their breath here, uh, I think you're going to see this is one of those deals where it takes four or five years for people to go, boy, both teams got something good out of that because I've heard nothing but good things about uh, Mikhail Sergachev. And uh, I think he's a guy that's uh, going to help this team out uh, in the long run. But right now, yeah, there, there's a lot of people a little upset over the deal. But uh, I think once they all kind of look at the big picture, I think they'll they'll get to like it and move on from Jonathan Drouin. Uh, I mean, let me, let me, and I kind of brought up the soap opera aspect to it because what it was a it, almost a year and a half ago, I guess there was kind of that breakdown mm-hmm. between Drouin and the team. I mean, now that the trade happens, maybe it's easy for me to sit here in Edmonton and say, well, they never really repaired the relationship. Is that fair, or how do you look at that side of it? Uh, I think it's fair. You know, the best analogy that I can make, and this is not, you know, talking intimately with Jonathan or Steve Weiserman or Alan Walsh's agent or anybody. You know, this is just kind of a an overall punch on the situation. Whenever you're involved in any relationship where trust is a key factor, and that can be coach and player or uh, employer, employee, husband, wife, you name it. You know, once trust gets broken, no matter how hard you smile and say, hey, everything's okay again, and I've got his back, and they've got my back, and et cetera, et cetera. Once you go down that pathway where one side literally gets up and walks away for a little bit, it's hard to repair the relationship 100%. You may be 90, 95, but you're never 100% again. So I think when Jonathan did the um, walk out from Syracuse about a year and a half ago, even though he did come back, even though he came back with a vengeance during the Lightning's playoff run, and even though he had a pretty good season this past season, 
still, you know, that, that trust was broken. And I think Steve Eisenman always had it in the back of his mind that if the right deal came along, he would pull the trigger. And seeing what Jonathan got out of Montreal and, you know, looking for the type of player that Eisenman is looking for, this was the time, not back during the drama. So, yeah, it's it's not a complete surprise that the trade happened. And I think one of many reasons is that trust being broken. And, again, you can't ever fully mend a break like that in any situation. Matt Salmon joining us from the Tampa Bay Lightning Radio Network. All right, so in terms of the uh, exposed players for Tampa in the protect- protection list uh, for the expansion draft, any any uh, any surprises? And do you have someone you you know suspect might be claimed? I mean, uh, I know there's a lot of mock lists uh, that have Griffin Reinhardt being the Oilers selected. Uh, do you have your eye on a name for the Lightning? Well, what's interesting is once the Druin trade happened, that changed a lot of opinions because people thought that Vlad Nemesnikov would be the guy that got cut loose, uh, former first-round pick back in 2011. Uh, others thought that uh, maybe the team would want to get out from Alex Kalorn's contract before the extension kicks in on July 1. But uh, really the surprising names that came out as exposed uh, were Jake Dodson, and Slater Cuckoo. Cuckoo, of course, a first-round pick in 2012, who's had a slow climb, had to take a, a step back and play in the AHL for much of this past season. Uh, but, you know, a guy who many people think, you know, maybe he's not a top-two defenseman, but he can play in the NHL. And Jake Dodson is a bit of an eyebrow raiser because uh, Dodson, once he came up from Syracuse this past season, he paired so well with Victor Hedman uh, it is not a coincidence that the entire defensive course settled down and played much better in the second half of the season. There's no coincidence the team had a much better uh, win-loss record when Dodson came up and those things kind of settled down. So that tells me, and this is, again, just reading the tea leaves, nothing exclusive here, I would not be surprised if the Lightning is one of those teams that have made a deal to the uh, Golden Knights, say, hey, you pick this guy and we'll eventually do this for you. That would not surprise me one bit because I know they're still high on Donchin and Cuckoo, and maybe there's somebody that they want to move off the roster to uh, help with a a future deal, be it another trade or uh, a free agency signing. All right, Matt, we appreciate the update from Lightning Land. I look forward to seeing you in Chicago, buddy. Yeah, nothing against Buffalo, but Chicago uh, trumps Buffalo any day. So looking forward to seeing you this weekend for the draft. Right on. Thanks for your time, Matt. Matt Salmon from the Tampa Bay Lightning Radio Network. Good guy. Looking forward to seeing him this week in Chicago. By the way, I forgot to mention, uh, if you haven't seen this, Shane Doan will not be back with the Arizona Coyotes. 21 years with the franchise. Obviously started as a Jet, drafted 7th overall in 1995. He's 46 goals, 27 points in 74 games this last season. Uh, no, I do not think the Oilers should be interested in Shane Doan. My personal opinion. Final word of the night on the open line goes to Brian. Brian, you got about uh, 40 seconds. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, so real quick, and this is tough for me to be only 40 seconds. Anyhow, um, as far as Everly goes, I, I think he's worth keeping for one more season. I, I wasn't 100% sure about that, but the more and more I think about it, he's been a steady performer all along. And who are you going to get? It. You know, give him one more shot. Uh, everybody has a down year at some point, and uh, I think we just need to uh, just give him a little space. 
All right, who are they going to lose on Wednesday? Reinhardt, Pouliot, Kara, what do you think? I, I'm, think I'm thinking it's going to be Pouliot. You think they'll take Pouliot, eh? Yeah. That'd be a bit of a, I mean, look, he he did fine once he was a fourth-line penalty killer, um, but he's paid a little much for that. You think they're going to help us out and take him off our hands, eh? Well, I, I'd like, uh, put it this way, I'd like to see them take Pouliot. Okay. <laughs> I, I, right. I don't want to lose Reinhardt. You know what? If Pouliot made 1.5, what he did over the final 40 games of the season in the playoffs, you're fine. But unfortunately, he got a bigger contract than that, right? Well, plus, so. plus he had, does have the uh, the ability of taking really poor penalties. Yes, that's true, which wasn't good. Brian, thanks for calling. Have a good night. All right. So uh, an abbreviated edition of Inside Sports. I see head coach Jason Moss standing by. He and Morley Scott are going to come in and give you the Eskimos coaches show for the first time this season. Blue Jays still up 2-1 in the top of the fourth. 3-1. They just added another run. Good 4-1. They 5-1. Did he clear the bases with that hit? I just looked up and they keep adding runs. Bases clearing double for Pierce. 5-1 Jays in the top of the fourth. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you at 6 tomorrow night. Thanks to our producer Dave Campbell, studio producer Warren Mulvey. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.